La La Land wins best movie. Whoops, I mean Moonlight. Gonzaga beats BYU to remain undefeated. Whoops, I mean BYU beat Gonzaga. And Tim Tebow kicks off spring training with the Mets. Whoops, wait, that's true. This is Sports Without Balls. Holy cow, a perfect score. Sports Without Balls, fans, friends, family, it's Aaron Foley to the right of me, co-host Trish, sir. Hello, my doll. Welcome home from your Indiana tour. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, first of all, huge thank you to everybody that came out to all the shows at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. It is, it's probably literally my favorite club. They adored the, you, I'm sure. It was so fun. Bloomington is uh, just a just a, a sweet, sweet, sweet pond of blue in a shit sea of red, <laughs> and it was pretty spectacular. There's Aaron in the booth. Hey, Aaron. Go Cards. Go yeah. Cards. Already won today. They did. Yeah. It doesn't count. Well, you know, sort of. It counts. My Dodgers to are playing the Rockies right now. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Uh. Listen, we have a lot to get to. So much. We both have a, a really fun uh, stories to bring to the table. I'm going to fully admit I've been to Indiana, did uh, five-hour shows, and um, the only thing I watched, uh, I didn't watch a lot this week, which is the point, but I'm going to get back on the uh, watching train, although I think both of our stories kind of make up for watching stuff. But there's a lot of news. <laughs> uh, there's a whole bunch of NCAA uh, women's basketball news, which I will con- be contributing to. NBA uh, trade deadline excitement. we got NBA trade. Uh, we've got uh, a Daytona 500 race that happened yesterday. The only oh, thing yes. I really want to talk about is the last 30 laps, uh, Kyle Busch did not have a rearview mirror. <laughs> what? Like me on the 405, honey. <laughs> I mean, that is every day when Mary Foley starts driving. But <laughs> can you imagine? So we'll touch on that. Uh, I, I think it's just fun because uh, we do live in Hollywood. I don't want to brag. We're in Burbank. That uh, the Oscars did happen last night. And there were some surprises. It is our Super some, Bowl in Hollywood. Some disappoint. Yes, Trish, so, please make this two boards relevant. Well, it is. To be fair, this really is. It's one. You know, it's the second most betted on event in Vegas, next to the Super Bowl. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh huh. Isn't that amazing? Good. Making it sports, making it sports and accessible. Then, and then after that, of course, being March Madness. But isn't that amazing? I mean, really, the Oscars, their betting is is as insane as the Super Bowl, which I'm like, really? I didn't know that was a thing, but it is. Um, I didn't know you could. I'm so naive sometimes. I had no idea you could bet on the oh, Oscars. On all the, on all the categories. Sure. Okay. And then my two favorite moments. I don't know if they're a favorite, but I love um, unexpectedness in sports, in entertainment. It's always fun. And then a live telecast makes it more exciting. Um Two things that happened last night. I think we all are aware of the uh, envelope gate of 2017, <laughs> which we'll cover in just a second. Um, but the other oddly favorite moment last night that I got an alert, alert from as well from Hollywood Reporter, which I found so interesting, um, during the in, in memoriam, which uh, they put up a producer um, who is very much still alive. Ooh. Uh-huh. Jan- Janet Patterson, who is a costume designer, um, to remember the late costume designer Janet Patterson, an image of her friend, Jan Chapman. 
as some of the Australian film industry were celebrating the two Oscar wins for Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge, others were, were lament, lamenting the Oscar snafu that in the annual uh, in the annual in memoriam segment, the photo of veteran Australian film producer Jan Chapman, if I'm pronouncing that right, was mistakenly used instead of the image of her late friend and colleague Janet Patterson. The intensely private Patterson died in Sydney in October, and Chapman uh, had noted that they were friends and is very much alive and well and still working in Sydney. And most recently produced a daughter, the daughter starring Jeffrey Rush. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's a little bit of a hiccup. Sorry to interrupt. I thought it was, it, when I, I was reading it quickly, and I thought it was the uh, the piano writer-director, the, like the mega, oh. who I think is Jane Campion, or Ch- Ch- yes, something like you're that. Exactly. I, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I want to say champion, but it's champion. Yes, it's something she like that. So sorry about that. Yeah, yes. she did everything. That's why I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, um, we had so <laughs> many back-on-the-bus moments uh, that that was part of uh, maybe a new segment called uh, this, this Bus Doesn't Have Air in the Tires. Uh, <laughs> this bus there were so many miscues last night. Well, it was just magical how it all just started unraveling. And then, of course, I'm laying down to go to bed. Can you, oh, sorry, Trish, can you imagine, though, you're watching, you're that woman? Oh. You're, and you're watching in Nelson, you, you see you a pop- photo of yourself? You're like, that's some Nostradamus crap right there. I mean, it, up on the screen. And at least your name, I mean, your name's Jan. It was Janet. That would scare me half to death. And it's your friend. So it's your friend, and you see your face. I that's would, crazy. I would flip all the way out. That's all I've got to say about that. And I went. Uh, and then I got a, an alert from the Hollywood Reporter also letting me know that there's a play-by-play of the best picture mix-up. I was like, you are kidding me. There is a play-by. I was like, is there a telestrator? What's happening? I couldn't be more excited waiting to see how they were going to pull this off uh, yeah. on the Hollywood Reporter. Can we get F. Lee Bailey to attack the chain of custody? Well, I am <laughs> telling you, it was pretty close. <laughs> they went they went that far. It was like the Oscar accountants apologized for the best picture snafu, vowing to investigate how this could have happened. Well, honey, the Hollywood Reporter was on it like white on rice. Apparently, this is the alleged, what Hollywood Reporter allegedly uh, surmised 12 minutes after it was over. Um, the way it is done, and they've been counting the ballots for 83 years, and I think I think they might be done. Um, the way it was done is apparently that there's always two sealed envelopes for every single category. Oh, there's always two. Um, the state they they leave the Price Waterhouse individual when that category comes up, and they go to each stage hand on um, or manager. Pardon me for saying hand manager on the left and the right of the stage. So that when each of the presenters that come from the opposite sides of the stage, they very clearly can see if someone grabbed it or didn't. Someone is walking oh, out so with as the a damn backup, ballot. As yes. a backup. So, I so in case someone yeah. is nervous, they drop whatever the case may be. There are always two. So allegedly, what had occurred was Faye Dunaway was supposed to walk with said ballot, but did not grab her ballot. So the individual who on the side of the stage was cued, the the stage manager, handed the ballot in his hand to Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty got the second envelope because if you noticed when uh, La La Land actually won after his big giant pause and had Faye reread it, and he's like, I'm confused, it says Emma Stone. Emma Stone, when she came back out from backstage, very clearly had her envelope in her hand Yeah, with her Oscar. So everybody was like, we don't know how the hell he read it. 
And Pricewaterhouse was like, this is how we do it. There are always two. Here is what happened. Yeah, that makes sense. The other person grabbed it. So when you saw the chaos of everybody during the acceptance speech, the chaos behind, um, and they pull out, they're pulling out a little wider because you can see the stage managers all at Twitter on stage. That's when the other producer, and I'm forgetting his name, I want to say it was Frank, I'm forgetting his name, said, uh, just so you know. We, we didn't win and had to tell, as I believe it's Justin Horowitz, is that what his name? Or Jordan. Jordan. No, I think it's Justin Horowitz. Justin. He, he did the music. Sure. Not Justin, had, no, the Jordan. The, the, oh, the yeah, writer. The, the writer, director. The producer. Jordan Horowitz. Or Horowitz, something. yes. He was lovely this morning on Good Morning America. Couldn't have been more gracious. And my, can we all just take a life lesson about how you handle life? He was amazing. I'm, that he turned it around and said, please, it would be my honor to hand this off. To Barry, I mean, what was, a class! It was amazing. That's class on a level that everyone needs. So that's good sport yeah. to the nth of good sport. That's better than good game. That's better than clapping hands. I mean, that to me was like, wow! You talk about some victory and defeat. That yeah. was the classiest move I think I have ever seen in a basically I, I a win lose situation. Yeah, yeah. And they so graciously exited that stage my favorite of course are all the memes with ryan gosling off to the side he's standing there in his ruffled tux p.s who could pull off russell ruffles other than ryan gosling to make him look sexy he is yummy um and even emma stone who is not my jam but she's a beauty uh, made a fringe stunning i was like she dressed like a flapper and looks like an angel okay (laughs) i mean i'd have been anybody else had that on i'd be like you look like hell no she looked amazing but he is standing there off to the side when all this is going down and they're hugging it out, and she's hugging, uh, uh, I believe it was Barry, Barry Jenkins, or as a, I always mess his name up, Marshall. He won. Mahershala. 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 I put it in the wrong place, but y'all know it's my accent. So, oh, yes, Emma's hugging Mahershala. Congratulations. And Ryan's like just a click step back, like just far enough that he, it's a beautiful shot. I'll pull it up for y'all. We'll put it on the Sports Without Balls Instagram where he's sitting there like, oh, Hail. I mean, if he could be saying, oh, hail, yeah, yeah. just cross-armed and going, oh, my God, like, this is the worst. But I thought, what an amazing, because they're team sports. When you're in a movie, when you're on a film, yeah. on a press tour, your teams. And how respectfully they all handled it. I just thought it was beautiful. And it was. It was. I uh, was sitting next to uh, I, a friend of mine was visiting from Atlanta and her and her daughter, and we we're all just kind of watching it. And my sister was next to me. And, like... I was telling you this before, like, a, you know, like maybe 30, 40 seconds into the speech, we were on a, a delay. Megan gets like a, you know, push notification, which because of all the sports moments that have been ruined uh, with my push notification, um, I don't get any push notifications. Um, well played. I just, I can't, I, I whatever. It's, that's another podcast. Uh, but it pops up and she's like, what? And she shows it to me and it was like, you know, Error, Moonlight wins Best Picture. Because when La La Land was announced, now, hands down, I, I mean... I, I know, you and I just had I a know we have, day before we, we went we on don't air, have, We guys. have a difference of opinion, but I absolutely loved every moment of La La Land. However, when it was announced as Best Movie as La La Land, I thought, I wouldn't have given it Best Movie, but, you know, it's Hollywood, whatever. Sure. Um, because I didn't... I do think that a Best Movie... You should be you should be floored. Have you seen um, Moonlight? Oh yeah, of course. Were yeah. you floored in Moonlight? Um, I thought Moonlight. I thought Moonlight was totally well deserved. Like I, I literally, I was pushing for Lion. I was pushing for Moonlight. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I guess it's just like I was so charmed and I was so in love with La La Land that I was like, I still love that movie. You know what I mean? So, but when Moonlight, you know, I was, I was really, you know, 
I, I think it was a well-deserved. Uh, yes, and I loved. Movie. I loved a good ending. I will. Here's what I say, and Aaron and I were just saying this before we went on because I, I thought, uh, I thought La La Land was lovely. Um, I do. I think it was Oscar-winning best caliber picture. No. Now let me back up and say, everybody, before we get cussed and people cuss us. Um, I wish it was a lot more like the Golden Globes where there was a uh, comedy and musical category and a drama because, in my opinion, you should constantly be thinking about a film after you've seen it to be on the, you know, level of a best picture. Moonlight was that, and I believe Lion was that. Like, things yeah. that change you or make you feel different. La La Land was sweet, and it's escapist and lovely, and I know that's what movies are all about. But I wish there were two categories because... It's apples and oranges, in my opinion. And I also feel that a lot of comedians, as I will go into that, get jacked because they will always lose yeah. to a dramatic actor. Um, 90% and of the it's time. not fair. We, 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 we argue this in sports. We argue this. We have th- these arguments all around. It's You've heard me scream this. The cross-genre <laughs> arguments make me volatile. I know they do, and I love it. So being- how can you, like, how can you take a, mo- like, if you literally are like, Moonlight and La La Land. It's almost like, well, how do you, how do you say like, they are so. Di- it's like completely like. I, I will give you, you know, I'm not also a cinephile, so I'm not going <laughs> to sit down and break, you know, the eight dramatic. But it makes more sense to me to compare dramatic movies and then get your five musicals and compare musicals and five comedies. I just it's, wish it's so ridiculous. I wish the Oscars would catch up to the arrest of the awards. Yes. And you know, there I mean, look, comedy people are obsessed with comedy. They're obsessed with comedians. Exactly. And they're never going to win anything. I mean, like what? Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost and, you know, like once in a blue, blue moon. moon. But even voice actors. I mean, think about it. You think about Finding Nemo. We all know that Ellen was Dory. To this yeah. day, when my I'm having a bad day, I say, well, just keep swimming. You know, <laughs> yeah. and we all know it and we laugh and it makes us feel good. Yeah. She's never going to get an, She never got an Oscar for that. It would never happen because yeah. they don't, they're saying that doesn't matter. I would like to have the Oscars evolve yeah and let the talents matter much like the grammys did you know they had to suck it up and rap spoken word comedy album they yeah. had to roll with the times yeah no you're completely right and it would just give it would give it makes more sense that it gives me gives more people an opportunity like instead of you they they i think they they uh, were like oh we'll make it 10 films or eight films or whatever but you're still it doesn't matter it's so apples to oranges it still does not matter and we were just saying kate mckinnon who i love and adore and her and just uh jason bateman last night were precious and i adore kate mckinnon and i don't uh you know we want to see com- uh, that evolve yeah so that they can be respected just like you know in sports we don't you and i get into it all the time where serena i believe is the greatest of all time I do believe LeBron James is one of the greatest of all time. I think Kelly Slater is one of the greatest of all time. I realize their sports are very different. Yeah. But you have to, we realize in their genre, they're epic at what they do. Epic. Yeah. If we saw, could you imagine LeBron James trying to serve? Hell to the no. Yeah. I mean. It's also really hard to take a, you know, like a, who's better, you know, uh, Margaret Court or Serena Williams. It's like. Different eras. How I don't know what Margaret Court would look like right. now playing right. with a, a titanium racket. <laughs> you know, I mean, like exactly. it's so it, it's just crazy when people get volatile discussing errors and uh, not e r e r a errors. And because you're just like this whole stuff is like it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, it was I, I thought it was powerful last night, and I. I screamed when Moonlight won. Uh, a friend of mine was like, listen, I really liked Moonlight, but 
Um, I really didn't think it was, you know, you know, best movie category, and he was breaking it down. And I thought, you know, what's so great about Moonlight? It, it, we hadn't, you know, that story exists every day. Oh, and yeah. when you don't see it, and when you don't see it, uh, you know, it, it's it's it was so refreshing. I kept like after I left Moonlight, I'm like. Yeah, you could be a critical of like that movie or you know that frame or how it ended or that whatever 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 I don't care, but it was just a story that you were like thank thank you for oh. bringing that st- like for showing that side for bringing that story to light and also uh, I-, I was so disappointed because you know if if l- let's say that and ha- didn't happen with La La Land let's say they were like best movie Moonlight. It would have been so much more impactful, you know. The place would have, lo- you know, lost it, and they would. Have, the speeches would have been a little longer, because you know the, the 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 greatest line was like, you know, these are all for the marginalized communities. And I feel like now more than ever, everyone needs to start protecting and supporting more than ever marginalized communities, especially in this political climate. So I was so sad. I was disappointed that that they didn't have that crazy moment. Well, they had they had a moment, but. I thought it was really powerful because I feel like it, to me, everything everybody said was more raw because it was so off guard. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was actually quite beautiful. And Adele, I forget her last name, against the G, one of the big producers, um, she was so eloquent when she was like, yeah. this is for every black child, brown child, yeah. anybody out there that just, you know, thinks they're not being seen. We see you. And I'm like bawling and snotting oh in God. my living room. Yeah, it was crazy. But I thought, you know, how powerful... That they were just, I mean, truly carrying yeah. on from the heart. Every yeah. single one of them. Yes. All right. Okay, anyway, we're done we're with done. the Oscars, everybody. Sorry, it comes once a year, and it is a Super Bowl, and it's also kind of just fun to talk about. It so. is It is our Super Bowl, and and we don't we rarely get a deflate gate in the Oscars, and yes. we had it. It was a scandal. We had a scandal last night, you guys. And Tom was, Brady was not involved, I was a, You took the words out of my mouth, and no one can blame my Tommy. <laughs> no one can blame Belichick for pre-recording any of this. Yeah. It was not... I want to post some fake news where Tom Brady uh, gave the envelope backstage. By the way, if if Jimmy Kimmel could pull that off and have a reenactment at Jimmy Kimmel with my Tommy. By the way, I thought Jimmy Kimmel was fantastic. He killed it. I loved every minute of Jimmy Kimmel. I'm telling, and And that is the thankless hardest job in Hollywood. Look. Opening the show with Justin Timberlake was a mother a game. A yeah. plus. I have a cold chill. Yes. I have a cold chill. I was like, this, this is how you do an award show, America. Yeah. It was amazing. And then when Jimmy so Kimmel said, y'all go through host really fast, so this is probably just my only year. So oh my, it was just, yeah. Brilliant. I'm, I'm jacking fantastic. up all his jokes. He was brilliant. Um, wonderfully done. His uh, facelift settled. I don't know if y'all noticed his eyes got done. If you see his St. Jude's commercial, his eyes are still too snatched back and fresh. But now his eyes, his <laughs> eyes have settled and he looks great. Eyes have settled. Jimmy Kimmel's eyes have settled. Uh, he looks great. All right. Look, we, and now we have settled on some sports we'd like to talk about. Killer transition. Whew. Uh, can I just tell my sweet Indiana hoop story? Please. Uh, we'll just kick it off with a little college basketball. I just wanted to say a huge thank you. Uh, I was in Bloomington this week, this past weekend, performing at the Comedy Attic. Uh, it was just amazing crowds. I, I've been there now four years. I have friends there. It was just so sweet and fantastic. Um, and it was uh, mother mother daughter weekend for a bunch of different sororities. And on the Friday night, uh, the 8 o'clock show, I was talking about how much I love basketball, of course, on uh, the stage. 
And I was contemplating, because this goes back to the uh, iTunes shout out we gave last week oh, yeah. to Blair. Blair's so great. Blair lives in Bloomington. Shut the front door. She came to the show <gasps> on Thursday and came to the show on Friday. Blair, I'm so sad. Did y'all yes. take a picture? Of course. Can I, I, no, I think we did take a okay, picture. Okay, Blair, if you have it, you're going to have to send it to mate, Tag Sports That Balls because yeah. Aaron doesn't know how to use all the technology yet. So it all kind of came together. So she had emailed me after the show and she was like, listen, the women's sports team, the Indiana Hoosiers, the Lady Hoosiers, are playing Illinois 1 o'clock on Saturday. It's a two and a half hour drive. Uh, you know, my girlfriend and I get in the car, we'll go. And I was really contemplating, do I just go? But then I was like, I, you, you, don't get sure off, so. you don't get no. off stage until like 1 a.m. You know, I was like, oh, thank yeah. God, because I think I got up at 11 on Saturday. Um, and then you have two more hour shows that night. Like, I just couldn't pull it off. But I was talking about this on stage, like how, like, you know, I wanted to go and stuff like that. Anyway, I hear a uh, a woman kind of like woo in the back of the crowd. I said, oh, do, you know, I just kind of screamed out, oh, are you a player? Uh, and she said, no, I'm an assistant to the to the women's basketball head coach. Stop it right now. And I said, and I screamed out because I listened to all my shows. Um, we need to talk immediately. I just like <laughs> screamed that out. So she met me after the show and we were talking after the show and she was there with her daughter, who's a freshman at Indiana University. Anyway, her name is Julie Force. A huge shout out to Julie Force. Julie Force is the uh, uh, the assistant to head coach Terry Morin, who took over the team three years ago at the University of Indiana, kind of turned the team around. Uh, last year was the first year they got into the tournament, into March Madness, in like 11 years or something like that. We have to fact check that. Carol! Carol. Uh, and Carol's on it. She Carol? just, uh, well, yeah, she just put yep. some pants okay, on and she's going to check that out. Um She's always rolling and hot, as they say. Uh, so last year, they were an eight seed. They got into the tournament, won their first game, uh, and then uh, lost the next round. But it was a huge achievement. Uh, this year, they're seeded. They just got seeded fourth in the Big Ten tournament that kicks off on Thursday. They beat Illinois on Saturday. Anyway, so we're chatting, and she's like, you know what? I, I can give you a tour of the facilities tomorrow. And I was like, what? No, stop. No, I can't. What? Um, and I said, all right. So I wrote down my number. I said, listen. You know, it's Mother Daughter Weekend. Like, you say this now because, like, the show is fun. Everyone's, like, in a great mood. I said, but don't, I don't, no pressure. Uh, no pressure. No right? pressure. She texts me later that night. She's like, I, I have something at 10. I'll text you at, at, at noon. So she texts me at noon. She's like, I'll pick you up in 45 minutes. She picks me up. Uh, and this is why, you know, it's, she went out of her way and it's just like this spirit of Bloomington. It's the most wonderful, uh, just slice of he heaven in America, let alone the shining star of Indiana. Really the only good place in Indiana. Anyway. It, it's kind of awesome. It's the best. So we go to, um, so we go to the campus, which is like 10 minutes away from the hotel. Julie takes me on and then like it was like an hour and a half. The facility, uh, they just went through a major renovation. So they, they have this whole uh, practice facility where all their offices are. And I shot hoops. No, uh, no you did not. The court. I shot hoops on the court. Uh, I went into uh, the women's locker room. I literally was like, uh, uh, can I just live here? Can I just live in the locker room? <laughs> and she was like, no. Um I just like I geeked out so hard. It was like their their jerseys and uh, their high tops. I knew how much I love high tops. Uh, I just wanted to like hang out in the locker room and be like, can I just wait for them to come home? Uh, is that creepy? Is that too much? Is that too intense? 
Anyway, so she took me, uh, they've like just these absolute state of the art facilities. The men's game was eight o'clock that night. So some men's players are rolling in and I was like, oh my God, my head was falling off. Uh, training room. Uh, like we went through every inch of it. Then we go down the tunnel and the tunnel connects, you know, um, I think it's like a, the, I think it's like the cook building and it, the tunnel connects assembly hall, which is the main stadium. Uh, I think that it holds, I think she said around 17,000, and it was been renovated. Uh, same kind of seating, but they renovated each end. And they were getting ready for the game, like, you know. And uh, so we got pictures. I stepped on the floor. Uh, I'll, I'll post the pictures. Um, I, I have a picture of palming a basketball with my a giant lady uh, paws. Uh, <laughs> it was like so, so much. That's it was so like awesome. the greatest thing ever. And, um, I got a picture of uh, Steve Alford uh, for my dad. Because uh, yes! we love Steve Alford, uh, coach of the UCLA team. Uh, I got to know uh, all these players on University of Indiana, which I How I never had seen play before. So now I'm all in. And, you know, I always had a sweet spot for Indiana basketball because of that Indiana-Syracuse game in, like, I don't know, 85 or yeah. whatever. Oh, my gosh. I love that we both went right yeah, there. Yeah. That's so funny. And, you know, we we had always, like, cheered for Syracuse because we're all New Yorkers, but it's like Indiana basketball, you know? So now, uh, thoroughly all in with women's, uh, women's Hoosiers, so, my and, lady and Hoosiers. Shout out again to who? Uh, Julie Force. Julie Force, she rock star. Yeah, and Terry Morin is the coach, and she's been there uh, three years, and she's just kicking ass. She played, so Terry Morin played at Purdue for Coach Dunn, that ultra insane famous uh, a coach at Purdue, and she'll come back and talk to the players. Like, I geeked out. I don't think Julie realized, like, how much of an insane women's basketball, like, you know, she didn't halfway through when you were sniffing hot tops. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, yeah, this became yeah. different. <laughs> and so the Big Ten is super competitive this year. Yeah. You know, Maryland's one, Ohio State is two. Ohio State just beat Maryland in the regular season. But Indiana, uh, Michigan's three, Indiana just beat Michigan in double overtime. Uh, in t- uh, the second to last game of the regular season. So now we have all, uh, you know, NCAA tournaments. Uh, the conference tournaments are, um, or conference championships are coming up this week for, for men's and women's. Uh, so they're the four seed. They're going to play the winner of Purdue. Uh, Purdue plays the winner of Nebraska or Illinois. They get, because they're a four seed, they get the first two rounds off, So which is great. So they play on Thursday. Uh, so I just want to say I'm all in. Uh, with a women's basketball program at the University of Indiana. You have two new huge fans because I'm grabbing Trish. I'm on Aaron, board. Aaron in the booth. <laughs> Aaron, three. Yep, he just gave me a thumbs up. Yep, I'll yep. thumbs up now. Okay, he doesn't watch women's basketball. Here's I don't the thing. watch basketball. He's <gasps> not a ba- not, and that's, yeah, fair, it's not a women's basketball, it's just people. basketball. Yeah, all genders. So that was my uh, fantastic basketball weekend in Bloomington, Indiana. Isn't that crazy? That is very exciting because I grew up on the Hoosiers. Well, I grew up Hoosiers, obviously, as a Kentuckian. Please, no hate mail. Yeah. I grew up with a very uh, stern dislike. Um, and I grew, up, <laughs> I grew up in Kentuckiana. For all you Indiana fans listening, y'all know, I grew up in Kentuckiana. Uh, the beautiful part of Indiana, folks, y'all know this, depending on what where your state hits Indiana, you get the uh, Indy version. Uh, so Michigan, Michigan that hits Indy, Michiana. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Kentucky, and y'all know, listen, everybody's like, oh, hell yeah, yeah, that's real, that's when you know, because um, my papa used to always go, I don't know how the hell they call it Kentucky, and it should be called Indiucky, they're above us. Oh! 
was like, I don't think it rolls off the oh tongue the same, Peppa. Oh, he goes, well, I suppose, but I'd, I'd go to Indiaki. <laughs> Indiaki? That's amazing. Yeah, my Peppa used to always be very perplexed why it was Kentuckiana. But I grew up um, in, in the Bobby Knight era of yeah. Hoosier Ball, yeah. which was a whole different world. And in, in fifth grade, it was required reading Season on the Brink by Bobby Knight. It was very serious. Yeah. It was real deal. So, um, and I used to always think their striped britches were so cool. <laughs> Um, I want to get, the, there's a new tearaway pants, uh, the red and white uh, the striped stripes. tearaway pants. That's the britches. I, uh, I want to get I want to get a pair of those. And Julie hooked me, hooked me up with, um, you know how I like, uh, I was going to buy like the whole store sure. anyway, but it was closed. Uh, an Indiana basketball shirt <gasps> and a uh, Indiana University uh, red sports pullover. We're all, I mean, you've caused a problem and at the same time, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so exciting because I was telling her like, you know, born raised UConn fan but now I'm like God please someone beat him it's, it's not good for you know lady so basketball good, yes. and then I've got Tara Baylor so I'm trying to root for Baylor but they're making that university and that coach of the Baylor which we'll get to is making it very hard to cheer for them uh, so boom Indiana moving up in the ranks all the way especially with that first class treatment I mean I just basically like listen Trish I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it I basically I basically pay for the team uh, just, anyway <laughs> Let's not I'm basically know the eleventh lady. That's what I'm gonna call myself. The eleventh lady. She's like I don't do stats. I'm number eleven. I'm number eleven. When they can full that when they've got uh, five and then the five uh, go out and they've got another five. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm the one that's gonna go in after that. Eleventh <laughs> lady. I'm declaring myself. She's platoon seven. <laughs> well, Seattle's got twelfth man. Why can't Indiana lady hoops have eleventh lady? I, I think we're. It's a thing. It's becoming a thing. It's becoming a thing. It's gonna be a thing. 11th, sure. 11th lady. And you have started my love for the uh, women's college basketball. How I hope I have upped your love for the NBA. Um, or NBA. I, I have. Let's 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 get to NBA real quick, but let's uh, do two more shout outs for NCAA. Thousand uh, percent. Kelsey oh. Plum. Kelsey Plum, who we highlighted last week as a feel good moment of the week. She went into second place and we were literally debating how many how many games she, she had has, left yes. to, to score. Not a problem. Uh, she scored 57 in her last game. And became NCAA all-time leading scorer, Kelsey Plum. I mean, rock star. Wow, it's just that is amazing. There's nothing you can really say. Just, it's just uh, congratulations. And uh, if I wasn't already the eleventh lady for Indiana, she would definitely be the eleventh. I would be her personal assistant. Thousand percent. Uh, yeah. So congratulations, uh, Kelsey Plum. Uh, uh, no congratulations uh, to the coach of Baylor, Kim Mulkey. Now, listen, let me let me back this up. Kim Mulkey has put Baylor women's hoops on the map, and she's an incredible coach. However, she, down. she she had some comments. Um, now, there's two sets of comments. It was her first set of comments where Stephen A. Smith ripped her a new one on first take this morning. Um, and then the apology comments. Uh the first set of comments. Now, I know it was a little bit in the heat of the moment because it was in the gym. They had just won, uh, and she was she was trying to defend Baylor, Kay. right? Now, if you don't know, uh, Baylor has had an, 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 a disgusting amount of sexual assault charges, rape charges, uh, over 50 allegations uh, towards uh, the, just the football, uh, football program alone. So am I, this is also not a single incident. Uh, there's universities... Every university has a horrible, terrible sexual assault issue. Baylor um, 
you know, it's just the latest university to roll out and to get investigated. And uh, every single university and every single sports program and every single university should be having uh, program after program of uh, put your fucking dick in your pants and everybody act appropriate. Yeah, it's it's like uh, everyone just become. I get it. Everybody's the hormones are going and doing, and they all are ripped and tore up from the floor up, so they're feeling fierce. But I don't know where you have to go and be uh, aggressive to the point of assault. It's, that's all I'm it's confused so, about. It's so gross, and that's a, another uh, a, another avenue. But so Kim, uh, the coach, Coach Mulkey, grabs the mic, and she said, um, "Where uh, was this at? <clears throat> this was." After the game. Copy. Okay. And she says, uh, you know, she's defending Baylor. It's like, it's the greatest university on the planet. And I'm so sick of people just like, they aren't in the meetings. They have their own opinions. And you're like, oh, well, I don't need to be in a meeting to read the transcripts of, uh, a rape allegation. of all these allegations, you know. Um, besides the fact that uh, the football uh, coach uh, was fired, uh, the assistants were co- uh, fired, uh, the uh, chancellor of the university uh, was fired. I mean, you know, I mean, they're cleaning house. They're trying to uh, rectify a situation that can't be rectified, at least start over, you know. Uh, so yeah. Baylor is doing everything it can. But so I'm not saying she did, she can't defend a Baylor. But then she's like, um, my daughter went here. And if you uh, uh, appro- if anyone approaches you and say, uh, my daughter's never going to Baylor, uh, I want you to defend Baylor and go ahead and punch him in the face. That's <laughs> Literally, that's what she said. Well, that was Punching eloquent. Baylor critics in the face. Well. So my problem is this. Now, she, will, she did apologize for the phrase, uh, punch him in the face. But when your first instinct, you're, I just think as a woman, right? As a woman, you should have already been thinking about this. And because you, and you, you're probably, I guess she's been, you know, you know, asked about it and asked about it and asked about it. And then she just kind of blew up in this direction. But as a woman coaching women, you can defend Baylor, but you defend Baylor by saying uh, all this horribleness happened. We have to look within. We're trying to make changes. I talked to my players about it. You, you can defend Baylor Clearly. and also be a woman and be a leader of women and say... Be a class act. Be a class act. Sure. I mean... Violence isn't clearing anything up. Oh, And my look, God. I'm country is cornbread. I understand when you want to be like, you can just tell them to go shove it. Okay, yeah. Shove it is cuter than actually asking someone to take action yeah. and punch someone in the face. Yeah. Just a little um, fast fact. She, she did... She did... She said, you know, she apologized for using that phrase. She said it was a poor choice of, poor choice of words. Um... Uh, you know, she's like, I didn't think about it, what I was going to say. I looked at the players and the girls and the women who are cheering for them. I spoke with a lot of emotion. I'm like, you just, to me, there's just really, she said, uh, I sympathize with the, the victims. Uh, you know, d- no one is dismissing what happened here. Uh, but, you know, the the thing about it is like, she was so like, she put, I guess my problem is she put Baylor first. And you, as a female coach, you put women first. Well, that's just not even a female And her coach. instinct, it's just her instinct was like the Baylor. And her instinct should not be Baylor. Well, and by the way, God forbid that happened to her own child. I just, I, I think you'd be, your tune would be She's like, women are safe her. here. She was just like, women are safe here. My daughter was, I'm, no, no, women aren't, women aren't safe there. Women aren't safe anywhere. Well. She should, she should literally like, you know, you can speak with a lot of emotion 
And you can say things, and I'm not saying, like, everyone has to be eloquent, but, like, when your instinct is to, like, immediately go with the university, ugh. Also, in Brittany Griner's book, they were told, because, you know, Baylor is a very Christian college, was she repeatedly was like so I'm not like a, a big Mulkey fan anyway I am a fan of her coaching but and and putting a school on the map for women's basketball I have a lot of respect for in that way but you know telling Griner to like easy like you're gay no, yeah not here you can't say or at least don't talk about it that's tough like oh, oh, she was having a don't ask don't tell policy because yeah. it's such a Christian school yeah yeah because you know I don't know if y'all noticed but Jesus is the only one that can be judgy okay it's just you know and and, and some it. of that obviously she's in a hard position I'm not I'm not saying it's not a difficult role to play well but can we back up sorry but this Jesus. is what, this is my issue with that and this is where I get Stephen A Smith on everybody you're fine with them being gay when you recruit them to make your team better but all of a sudden when you get who you need we don't want you to be you so I'm sorry was she no part of her was not out and about and proud about it yeah she's always been who she's been yeah you weren't going well, i don't know if she might or might not be gay hell no yeah. so don't act new all of a sudden when she just wants to be herself on her team knock it off yeah exactly have a glass of act right kim glass of act right um, oh my god carol just picked up her glass carol yeah, not, not you. you you're good Everybody carol else. carol what? Put the caprice on and gin down. It's good. You're good. Yeah, she's got this new combo. I couldn't figure that looks taste. No, I don't need one now. Thank you, Angie. (laughs) She says it helps her drive better. Anyway. (laughs) Let uh, me know when you leave, Carol. Just let me know when you're. uh, Anyway, so March Madness, uh, we got tournaments uh, this week, which I'm super excited because there will be some games where uh, teams come out of nowhere and just win and win it all and get that automatic bid, which I always just absolutely love. Uh, which so. is always fun. It is. It's so just, random. It's yeah. the uh, dark horse, which I kind of wish sometimes it, they do that with movies. Like, the, you know, like the, like we have the tournament that the, yeah. the BCS finally embraced. I love that. But like March Madness, don't you wish there was always some kind of movie that could at the last minute like jump in? I yeah. thought about that when we were watching the Oscars last night. I was like... A Hail Caesar, for instance, yeah. totally yeah. random. But I was like, if there'd been comedies, there'd been fun if they had like some on the bubble movies on the bubble. Totally. That we, we should. Could, well, we and we should do that with the NBA playoffs. Like, there's no reason f- number five seed, six seed, seven seed, and eight seed should be out playing. Right. But if they had win or die, win or die, yes. win or die. If it was just exactly... Just like two games. Like, don't beat these players into the ground with like best of five. I know it's for ratings, but you'd be it'd be far more exciting yeah. if. And they would play, I feel they like, would like play. it was college ball. Yes. Like, they would be like, remember when we went to that? You're like, yeah, yeah. everybody but LeBron, because he came from high school, and he's a, you yeah. know, an alien. Five plays eight, six yes. plays seven, one are done, and then they play each other one are done. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Um, Adam Silver, if you'd like to get on the phone with me. Get, get that March mere madness spirit in the NBA. I mean, NBA playoffs, what? We, we say this all the time. Starts in April, ends, ends in, in September. Ends in September. Oh, my God. It's so exhausting and ridiculous. Uh, but speaking of NBA, you have an, you have an NBA. And Courtney Cronin, a uh, friend of the show, uh, our, our seasonal NBA analyst, is sick as a dog for the second week in a row. So we wish her a speedy recovery, but she'll be here next we weekend. We can't wait. We'll but do listen, more NBA stuff. Court, guess what happened? You're going to listen to this. Um, guess who I met Friday, Erin? Who did who did you meet? Doc Rivers. Ah, uh, Doc Rivers. I'm gonna back up and tell you a little story. Um, my uncle used to be an assistant in the NBA. His first team he ever coached for was uh, well, as a, as an assistant coach was the Atlanta Hawks, and who was the rookie that was on his team? 
Dark Rivers. So awesome. Kay. Full circle. Full circle. So when I was a little baby child, um, I was probably about five, my, I would go spend like uh, the, uh, whatever fall break, whatever fall break was, uh, November, Thanksgiving-ish, with my aunt and uncle down in Atlanta. And my aunt, this for they had little children, they gave me a, bl- a little camera with some black and white film, and they always th- were tickled of what I took pictures of at the arena. Like, what mattered to me. Because, <laughs> you know, it was back before we had digital, everybody. So you just had to wait and see what developed from the olden times. Um, so they would give me this camera, and they just kind of be like, let's see what she got. And uh, I decided as a small child, the first, this is why this became a thing. Um, I did a series of shots where I would just walk up to NBA players and tap them on the knee, and they would look down at me, and I had a photo of no, Yeah, from Larry Bird to Michael Jordan to Doc Rivers. Oh, my God. Uh, my favorite one, or their favorite one, but they hang in their house, black and whites, um, was Spud Webb because he was so tanny that Spud just got down on my level and we were nose to nose, so it wasn't a... Uh, no. It was very cute. Oh Dominic God, Wilkins. Awesome. Oh, I had a ton of them. Yeah. Dominic Wilkins. So, so that to say, when Doc Rivers uh, came on to the team, I thought he was so neat and like just fun and big old smile. And um, I always wanted to dunk. And at the Omni at night, that's where Atlanta used to play, at the Omni, the arena, they would bring the nets down halfway, the baskets down halfway. And um, I had a little miniature red and white Atlanta Hawks ball. Uh, and, oh, my God, this is adorable. And I asked him if I, if he would help. I'm sorry. I said, he said, what are you going to do? And I was trying to dunk. And I said, I want to dunk. And he said, me help you dunk? And I said, yeah. And I had, okay. I wasn't much different than I am y'all now, y'all, except my hair was brown. Um, I know, shocking, I'm not a natural blonde. Um, <laughs> my pigtails were always jacked up. I couldn't keep them straight. I'm sure I had some form of concession stand food smeared upon my face. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably caramel corn and residue of ketchup, something messy. But the shot is black and white, and my aunt took it of Doc holding me at my waist, letting me slam. How did I not know this story? Okay, so wait. So I told y'all this to tell you that. Um, hey, stand there, and I got, uh, we're at a gifting suite, crap, a Hollywood crap. He was coming through to get a bunch of free stuff, so it was I. And he turns around, he was saying something, and he, uh, I had, oh, I was talking to somebody, and I had my card, and he saw my last name, and he said, sir. And I said, yes. He goes, do you know Brendan, sir? I said, yes, it's my uncle. He said, shut up. He goes, we're sending him a picture right now. So I go, okay, let's take one. And he goes, no, we'll take it on my phone, too, and see who he answers first. Uh-huh. No. He goes, I talk to him all the time. He's one of my favorite people. I'm like, is this, is this real life? Because, uh-huh. you know, I'm like, that's the co- it's Coach. And I kept calling him Coach. And he goes, it's so sweet. They're calling And I reminded him of the story. I said, no, you don't remember it. But they love that. He goes, I absolutely remember that. He goes, I was maybe 20 years old. I said, yes, and I was, then I was a newborn. And he started laughing. But, yeah, and it couldn't have been sweeter and was lovely. And I said, you, he's like, I, we lost by a lot last night. I said, I know. He goes, I thought I was a defensive coach. And then I died laughing. He goes, it wasn't supposed to be that funny. I said, I know. <laughs> um, so, anyway, he was a doll, and I was tickled to see him. Um, and then I've asked about C, uh, CP3, and he's like, back. He's back. So he's. I can't believe the story. Yeah, so my aunt Doc very Rivers sweet. helped you dunk a basketball. Well, he was sweet, like he was twenty years. I know, old. but I'm just saying, Doc Rivers helped you dunk a basketball. I don't know if dunk's the proper word. He picked me up so I could put it in the net halfway. Doc halfway. Rivers helped you dunk, destroy a basket I in know. your youth. So lucky. and then full circle, there you stand. You meet him, standing at some hoopty do. We Hollywood need event, to but. parlay this into. Courtside seats. Okay, you're, you're you and my need husband. to be best friend with Doc Rivers. My husband's like, did you ask about I Cavs want... tickets? I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> no. Y'all are hateful mess. I was like, I was just saying hi. I'm, here's my new, here's my new Clippers dream sequence. Okay. I want uh, them to package up 
whoever's not in the in, in the in the those my the little three. Okay. Uh, not Jordan and, and not Griffin. DeAndre. Not okay. DeAndre. Uh, not CP3. Not Blake. Although Blake's on the bubble. No, but Blake he's so is good. bubbled. He's just so fun to watch. Mm. Uh, send a bunch of people to the Knicks. Send some maybe a draft pick and get uh and get Carmelo. Get Melo out of New York, even though I'm a Giants Knicks fan. Really? Uh, uh, I want I want Melo want Melo on the Clips. Oh well, that would be. Wouldn't that be awesome? Now you're saying something. Because <laughs> we've got to have a conversation about Magic taking over the presidency of the Lakers, which to me we got to do that as well. Um, we're in NBA land. Let's do NBA land. We might as well. So it was very exciting to meet Doc. He was lovely. I also may or may not allegedly have had a cocktail with DeAndre Jordan Friday night as well. It was a big weekend for me. Allegedly, he's sweet. Um, except I was like, mm, what's going on over there? <laughs> Never mind. Let's put this all. <laughs> he was sweet. I wish the Clippers nice. were in the East. They just It just feels like every Clippers season now is like, they're going to play pretty well, get like the fourth or fifth and seed, and the then, Warriors you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. It's so, it's so, like, Well, even, that's when we wish know. it was a, a different tournament, in my opinion, a different tournament set yeah. up, truly. Yeah. It should be a little more deathmatchy amongst. It should be deathmatchy. We don't need 18 rounds of seven games. And their bodies don't need it. No, I mean, nobody needs it. It's just too much. It's like World's Longest Golf Tournament. What was DeAndre Jordan drinking? Was he? Uh, I don't, you know what? I didn't ask. I, I drank, if y'all ever see me out, I know you're going to be shocked. I drank uh, Casamigos Reposado on the rocks with lime juice. It's her go-to. She got it at the Dodger Stadium. It is. All of a sudden, I was drinking tequila at 1 o'clock. It was his fault. <laughs> Aaron looked at me like, good night, is this happening? I was like, you're welcome. I was like, wow, st- taking it up a notch with stadium That's drinks. That's how I roll. And his, I, I don't know, his looked similar, so I don't know if he was having So a, he was having a cocktail. A cocktail of some okay. kind. I like it. Um, but, I mean, I come to his belt buckle. <laughs> I love And the DeAndre sweetest, Jordan. he's sweet. Like, yeah. it's like good home training. You know when you see somebody yeah. you already know? Yeah. He's just fun mess. He could have... Because I think Doc Rivers is fantastic home training. Fantastic. I can't even say that. You really like good home training. Well, it has to be Trisha's accent. No, but you when you yeah. see people that you're like, you realize you're a good human. I mean, he's yeah. sitting there. It was so funny because he goes, "Stop it!" Doc was so. I'm mean, like, well, you thought we'd ran the streets together for years. He yeah. was just like, "Hey, girl, what's?" I love that. You that's, know his ass didn't know me. Be. That's so awesome. But you know he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know he didn't know me from a can of paint. And my last name. As, as oddly unique as we know. Yeah. Um, so you know it on paper as soon as you see it. And he was like, Where? and what a random thing to ask. Are you related to Brendan, sir? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So awesome. It was great. It was great. Well, uh, my husband was upset I didn't wrangle uh, tickets to the future Cavs Clippers game. Sorry, husband. I'll get you something else for our anniversary. Um, but he's very excited that we got a uh, bogut. And by we, I mean the Cavs. It's the royal way. Because, you know, I have to claim them. Uh, in the big trade weekend. Thursday was a tra- trade deadline last Thursday, if y'all don't know, February 23rd. Uh, so it was a lot of moving and shaking and doing. And I did not, I didn't, I think, I think the, uh, what's his first name? Duran, Devon? No. Duran Williams? Duran. Mm-hmm. I think the Duran Williams pickup to Cleveland is fan fucking test. Big time. I mean, big. There's when there's, Williams feels like playing. Asterix scroll down. down. Yes. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. He's kind of. He reminds me of the Mo Williams of it. You know, Mo, Mo Williams was an excellent player, but when Mo Williams, <laughs> most inconsistent. In yeah. the, back in the day in the NBA, I mean, brilliant when he showed up. But I, but I do think he he wanted to show up. Yeah. Duran Williams. 
I mean, I, I, he, I his behavior is almost unexplainable. Well, the Cavs tend to get a they lot of They gave him the largest bag of cash to put the Brooklyn Nets on his shoulders and and be the face of that. They gave him every opportunity. First of all, Dallas before that gave him every opportunity. Yep. And he was like, meh. Then he goes to Brooklyn. Just nothing. I mean, not some... The lack, like the lack of effort, I think that's what's well, the strangest. All, this is what I also find too, and maybe because this, he's so good. It's and it's not about being an excellent player. I feel like a lot of times in the NBA, once you realize, because a, it's a business. I've always said this a little bit like the WWE. If you weren't a natural born leader, like a LeBron James, like yeah. a Kobe Bryant, you know, I want Melo to actually be one, and he's not so much. He's a little more interested, in my opinion, in the business side of it, which is fine because it is a business. I get it. But Drawn had that. I don't think he's got that leader potential. I think he's an amazing athlete that needs someone to help him rise. So he's a next level person yeah. when put with next level people. Yeah. I think putting him in that position in, in Brooklyn was a, a it doesn't failure. work. It doesn't work it just, anywhere he is. It well, just doesn't but work because he's not a leader, and yeah. that's and that's okay. You can still be an excellent athlete and shine beyond all repair. I mean, look at a Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher, by no means. When you look back at Fish, he was clutch all day long. But why? It's because the problem is putting that place. The problem is uh, when you get paid that amount of money, and they and they give you that contract to be the face of Brooklyn to take that team on your shoulders, and that's what the contract is, and that is the known responsibility. And for him to. Literally, just not, just not do it. You but know what I mean? Like is, I, I that's what we're paying you for. I, they don't just. I disagree because they aren't paying. They're paying them to be an athlete. They're not paying them to be the leader and a brand of a team. And sometimes that is no, in but, somebody, and it's not. Yeah, but that's what they wanted. That's yeah, what they were paying for. He didn't have to do that. But I'm saying well, it's yeah, what they got to. They got to scout better. I mean, yeah, Texas and A Rod. Like, yeah, you want A Rod, but yeah, is he going to lead you to the promised land? No. No. But I'm just saying, I, I guess Williams is just, for me, always dumbfounded. Like, I'm always dumbfounded by be his behavior because it's like, I just, I guess he's bothered me. I guess the point is he has bothered me for so long because when he is on and really, quite frankly, looks like he's trying, he is a pleasure to watch. But the fact that he just kind of checks in and checks out, I also just think that, like, for me, in my opinion, it's like, when you when you have a big contract like that, when it's this bag of money and this photo op and this like Brooklyn, like that it was just a new stadium. It was so exciting. There was so much energy. Like there, and he is the mantelpiece of it all. The fact that like I guess at the end of the day, it's like, well, what does it take, Williams? But that's like, what does it he's just take? He's never going to be that person. Never going to be that person. And that's that's where I, I it's feel fucking, like you have I to guess have it's just intuitive management. Lame, though it's just lame because but it's then, like step the fuck up. It gets to home training. Yeah, it gets the home training because you're the kind of person that's meant to rise above and be a next level individual. Yeah, and I'm a, I hate when people keep going eh, screw LeBron, but LeBron James, whether we like it or not, is a next level individual. Not just because of great. Athlete. I like everything. I think I like everything about LeBron. on and off the yeah. court. Yeah. on and off the court, yeah. the man's smart, smart, smart. He I had want, a dip. He had a dip. Well, yes, he, he got when back he was up. 25. When he, he did got the, back when, up. He, when he originally yeah. said the statement, I'd like to take my talents to South Beach. I too oh. want to choke him in his sleep. Oh my God! I too. So please know this wasn't always a love thing. I just think he has um, risen to the level in which yes. he's been asked to function completely, and not every amazing example, without question. And I, I think not everyone until it's too late. Much like a Charles Barkley, um, I think Shaq did a great job because I think that was again excellent home training on Shaquille O'Neal's part. Uh, you, 
in in till you're when you're standing in it young with sacks and sacks and sacks of cash being thrown at you. Yeah. And not realizing how short your athletic career really is in the NBA. Yeah. Um, until you're on the other side of it, you don't a lot of times have the foresight like a LeBron, even a Kobe, because Kobe had to, you know, he had yeah. long a lot of miles on him young. You don't realize what's going to be taken from you very quickly. And I believe yeah. LeBron is very present to that. I, I, you hope yeah. Deron, you know, I, I hope I hope he gets with a LeBron and it makes him a next level person because I think it's too late and it's in the, he's in the twilight of his career. But I do think a pickup like that when they're screaming for uh, and Andrew Bogut, I mean. Bogut will just stuff up the lane. He'll be good on, like, you know, for the eight minutes they play him. He's just, I always think he adds. I, I don't think it's like a, a, a wow factor, but I think he'll totally help. But Williams could do some serious damage. It just depends what Williams shows up, yeah. you know, for I, sure. But I, I thought that was, if I was a Cleveland fan, I would be pumped. There was a lot of joy in our house. For that. I really would. I think it is an excellent pickup uh, for Cleveland. What you started, oh, yeah, the role model thing. That for sure comes back to good good home good training. Good home training, sure. Because one of my things where I get volatile and I and I get it. I get when the pro athletes are like, I'm not a role model. You fucking are. You are. It's part you of your game. You are a role model. And when people are terrible role models, that's it's it starts with the parents. It starts with the parents. It, it like you I'm sorry, but you are a fucking goddamn role model. You are, I know. So act Act like it. Well, I, I tend to say this, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's hard. I'm not, I'm not saying, saying it's easy, but you do have a, a responsibility. And I'm not saying you and I are LeBron James and Serena, but when you, I feel like when you have a public job period, when you've chose chosen a job, yeah, um, that is technically in the public eye, no matter what level at which your job is public, yeah, you have a responsibility to have a glass of act right. Yes. Period. Period. End of story. If you work payroll and accounts at a Citibank. Okay, get a little nutty at Carlson Charlie's on a Thursday. Fine, it's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with you. You know, hit yeah. it, be that person. Yeah. But we, on our level, take it. We are responsible for that. Completely. You, you need to be responsible for what you put out into the world because, on some level, somebody looks at you and says, "Oh dear God, I want to be there." Even if where we think's the bottom of the barrel or the beginning of what we're doing, or, you know, we yeah. tease about it all the time. Like, oh, look at us. We're, you know, in yeah. Godforsaken nowhere yeah. telling a joke of the chuckle hut. True, not true. We, we're thrilled and grateful for what we do. And yeah. we're aware. Yeah. You take it to the level of a professional athlete. Too bad. So mother effing sad. You do not get to sit, whine, and wail, and gnash. Now, you may be a bad business person, then put people in your path. I've had this conversation constantly with my uncle over the years of... I believe that the organizations that make money off professional athletes do not set them up for success. Completely. And there should be mentoring. And they're like, well, they have. I'm like, no. No. I don't mean some old player that blew all their cash. That's more like a scared stripe program. Yeah. I mean, you need to sit down with them. And from the moment they have an agent to whoever's helping with at Solomon Smith Barney with that check, honey, you need people that educate them on what's their why. Because a lot of them don't have a why. And yeah. they need to be asked that at 22 years old when that sack of money jumps on yeah. the front door. Yeah. So. On the on the every level, you're right, too. Every the, sport. Yeah. Every sport. Every sport and ever, you know, it, it just. I mean, you think about all the way to like to an Andy Irons. Because I'm obsessed with uh, his sweet little baby child, Axel, his, his uh, widow, or uh, yeah, widow, uh, Lindy Irons, who's one of the owners of a, a swimwear company called Acacia Swimwear, who I love her stuff. She, um, and if you don't know who Andy Irons is, please Google AI. Um, 
Andy Irons, one of the greatest surfers in the world. Uh, he and Kelly Slater had a very volatile, uh, you know, I guess, is that the word? Competition. Competition between the two of them. Yeah. Um, but he uh, was, was battled drugs. And what ended up taking him out was drugs. Yeah. Uh, at the prime of his it's career. It's a story. But, yeah. but I say this to say there was nobody mentoring and watching someone like an AI who took himself out. Yeah. And you want all all athletes, and I think Kelly Slater does an epic job of it as for surfing, because um, look at him, the man's 42 years old, and people are still like, he's still at the top of his game. So there should always, be, you have to realize someone's always watching. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Be better. Oh, <sighs> be better. I mean, on a on a small level, I met this guy after uh, the show, and he was friends with friends. We were hanging out, and, uh, and I introduced myself, blah, blah, blah. And like later, I saw him, and he goes, you know, I, I love comedy. I see comedy all the time, and I meet a lot of comedians, and you were the first person to ask me what my name was. You're I, kidding me. I was like... He's like, so I just want to say thank you so much. I was like, I said, well, that's just manners. That's ba-. He's like, no, no, there's other stuff. You know what I mean? But I literally was like, well, for me, it's just it's just manners and what you do. You know, like when you meet that's someone after skills. a show, I go, hi, I'm Aaron. They go, oh, well, no, I know. And I go, well, yeah, but I don't, I don't know, know what your name. Name, name is. And I'm not going to have a conversation with that without at least, I'm not going to say I'm going to remember it in five minutes because I've got 50 people. But like, that's just... I'm so, doing my darndest. When you grab all the money and then you're like, I'm not a role model. Yeah, no. Too bad, so sad. It, it makes me it makes me insane. A thousand um, percent agree. We're uh as usual, uh running a little bit late. We have a couple we have a couple more things. Not that late. Not um that late. the back on the bus. <laughs> I had the bus packed. Uh, this might be a, a you know a rando version, but it ties with the the NBA. So I think the back on the bus is crowded. It's crowded this week because I'm going to put an entertain a slice of entertainment back Ooh, on the bus. I love the back on the bus. So the the back on the bus is the uh, uh, the mix up in the in in memorandum huh. uh, mix up where they put a photo of the wrong deceased person up. And can um, we just real quick, why couldn't they just, if you put the wrong person up, couldn't y'all have time to real quick, if I could put one on Instagram, couldn't you throw up Bill Paxton? Yeah. I mean, the man's been in like 90 movies. Y'all couldn't just swizz that up? It, I mean, he Jennifer passed away Anderson, in the morning. The, she was yeah, choked up she over She was choked it. up. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So that's sorry. part two. We're that's back. that's another one. Uh, the the giving <laughs> the wrong envelope at the highest level <laughs> and the highest award back on the bus Back on the bus. Uh, Mr. Ball from last week is also oh. back on the bus. How did he get back home so quick? He got back on so quick because he said to reporters that my son, uh, uh, Ball Jr., we're going to call him Ball Jr., uh, for UCLA, should only and will only be playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, for hell's bells. So I guess he doesn't have to move because there are they they play he plays for uh, UCLA and they live in Los Angeles. But can like this guy is like becoming a menace and now is working directly against his son's success. He's like if he goes 3, I would reach out to the top 2 teams that are picking and say my son's not going to play for you. Like you dumbass. And now I'm thinking if I was the top two teams, why am I going to pick this kid when I have to deal with his father the whole yeah, time? Yeah, he's too big he of a liability. He could, he could, like, tank. Yuck. He could, like, purposely tank. Oh, no, no. Nay, nay. Look, Magic Johnson's already, uh, thank goodness, you know, he's already got eyes on that man saying, uh-uh, 10-foot mean, pole with a 10-foot pole. Not un- touching y'all. Believable. Uh-uh. I, 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 the, bu- the, bus is, the bus is loaded. That's not for y'all. Nobody wants a piece of, of 
ball business. Yeah, I just was like, oh wow. Take I mean, he ball. just keeps he keeps and go home. He he's just he might be. Is there a new a new one that's just hanging on to the bus? Like every week, he's hanging on to the bus. Well, he'll be our official. He is sports without ball. We're just not doing. <laughs> we're not. No. Ah, <laughs> very clever. Thank sports you. without ball. I had an espresso adjacent coffee from the Keurig, and I think it might have just kicked in. You know what? This is totally off the cuff, but I'm putting something else. I'm putting something else on the bus because we're just doing a fully loaded bus segment this week. Um, whoever, uh, whoever is now writing off Gonzaga for losing one game. You're back on the bus. I must have read three articles. It's like, Gonzaga's done. Now, yeah, they lost in a random upset to BYU. It tarnished their undefeated season. But you know what? I always think uh, losses are good. Losses are good, especially undefeated teams at the end of a season. thousand percent. Okay, so that hurts the ranking. They're still going to get a number one seed. But now they know what it is to lose, what it, what it is to lose an undefeated season. It's going to make them tougher. If everyone thinks Gonzaga's not going to play well, back on the bus. I love you. That is a fully loaded bus. Uh, what did we miss? Oh, I did want to give one shout out because this story is uh, really, uh, I don't follow a lot of NASCAR, but I always kind of keep my eye on the big races. And uh, Is NASCAR going downhill and I missed it, you guys? Are they imploding? I feel like something's happening over there. Like it has dropped. I don't understand really. You know, it used to be everywhere and be shoved down our throats, even when I'm home in the South. And I feel like it's, it's not any, it's not that much. Like it's hemorrhaging cash or something. Yeah. Something's occurring and I'm not deep in it. If somebody follows NASCAR that listens to us, will you please fill us in? Because I feel like there's something a brew, if you will. You mean like the fandom for NASCAR is It's just lessening? waning. Yes. Yes. Something is amiss, if you will. Like, I don't know if their, if their TV sponsorship is going away. Like if yeah, it's, their advertising hasn't been as... Yes. Stellar. It's like... They can barely, like, they're putting on, like, you know, yeah. Ted's Jiffy Lube instead of auto, you know, the auto zone. Oh, that's interesting. Something's amiss. So, y'all, if, if I'm missing it, I just feel like there's something. Write us at Sports Without Balls. Please. Show at Gmail? No, it's Sports Without Balls at Gmail. Sports, Sports Without, Without Balls, Balls at Gmail. Gmail. Send us, by the way, here's just a nice shout out Sports Without Balls at Gmail. Send us stories. Send us uh, feel-good moments of the week, what we need to talk about more, because I'm trying to get more diversified in my sports. And uh, LA Kings just got our goalie back, Quick, who is a, an Olympic and amazing champion. So I'm pretty pumped, uh, and I'm actually going to be back in town for a chunk of time. To We'll, do, we'll honest to God, we're going to do more hockey. Uh, when I say more, I mean some hockey. Um, I did love this story. Uh, Kurt Busch, that w- he won the D- uh, Daytona 500 uh, I missed uh, last yesterday. I meant uh, Rex, and it was just kind of like absolute chaos. I was just, I saw a, like a clip of it. I didn't watch it. Um, but his uh, he did not wreck. But his rear view mirror fell off with thirty laps to go, and he won the Daytona five hundred without a rear view mirror. And no. I thought, how the hell do you do that? Well, they they have spotters and stuff, so they they're yeah. talking to him the entire time. Yeah, so I guess if, if someone was gaining, he'd be like, Yeah, no, they hey, said they said left. in his ear like someone was like, you know, for, you know, the car's coming up for like on your left. But, but like, just picture yourself just driving down a street, you know, let's say going fifty miles an hour. Let's say you're on a highway, and all of a sudden your rearview mirror falls off. I would just get, I would immediately like Cautions. panic <laughs> and just grab the wheel and take out all of the four hundred five. And this guy won the Daytona 500 without a review mirror. Isn't that impressive? It's when a you good really thing he didn't have it? to park. Uh, it is I mean. a fantastic, and he didn't have one of those automatic like beep beep rolling. 
Uh, I just thought that was one of my favorite uh, random sports moments. This dude wins the, I mean, I know he's an amazing, you know, uh, driver, obviously the Bush family, his brother, like, you know, it's, you know, it's in their genes, it's in their genes, but winning the Daytona 500 without a review mirror, I thought was one of the funniest things uh, I'd ever heard. Um, there's like a, uh, so many ties for the feel good moment of the week. We'll do we'll do two quick shout outs for the feel good moment of the week because uh, there's probably three. Is one of these things where this week uh, I was doing all these shows in Indiana. Uh, uh, she had uh, Oscar or Hollywood Today Oscar yes, uh, craziness we were all in it. Um, so there wasn't there was three moments that kind of uh, stood out for me. Um, a part two feel-good moment of the week has to be Kelsey Plum. She's so sp- well-spoken, and she takes over for the number one scoring in NCAA. So uh, that is another holdover from feel-good moment of the week. Mac Beggs, who we highlighted last week, the transgender wrestler from the state of Texas, uh, won his tournament, and we're using – he identifies – as a, as a man, but it, it was this great story, and if you have not, if you're not familiar with it, we covered it last week. We can put it back up on the um, site. Yeah, we could have back, yeah, it's his transgender boy, uh, Mac Beggs wins a Texas State girls wrestling title, and in that interview, they said they were going to take a look at the laws on the books, which should be changed to how you identify um, uh, how you identify yourself as a gender versus what your birth certificate lists, because that will clear up the entire problem. Well, and what what was really great about the end of that, because, um, I, and we said this before, and and um, and I just spaced Ian. Ian, Harvey. thank you. Ian reiterated it. Um, this is a, a our generation issue, not a their generation issue, because Max first thing that he said was, "I wouldn't be here today if it was not for my teammates," and honestly. Uh, that's the spotlight that everything should be on is my teammates. That tells you right there that th- they were like, look, we just know a good athlete when we see a good athlete. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mac's been put in a bad situation. Yeah. And we're going to help him rise above. Yeah. What class acts. Just it amazing. Is, it is our yeah. uh, issue in this country generationally. Not we kept equipped putting on their kids our baggage. Their, yeah. um, um, they've let that stuff, honey. They've yeah. let it way go. They're, they're going to have issues that far outweigh us. So congratulations yeah. to Mac because what just a class act and and kudos to his grandmama for what good home training because good that's what home training he got up right away and what did he think he thanked his his you know awesome teammates and that's and that's what it's all about. Hard, that is and then he just said about. hard work pays off. Class act. Um, and a huge uh, feel-good moment of the week goes to the University of Arizona for their uh, recruitment and full support of Mike King Johnson, set to become the first active openly gay scholarship player in major college football history. Uh, he said, I do feel like that uh, when I say that I'm gay, it can put a target on my back, but whatever. Uh, I just want to play six foot four, 225-pound defensive end. That's a man. Uh, yes, he... Verbally committed, it said he signed with the home state Wildcats after verbally committing to Pac-12 conference rival UCLA. Um, uh, Daily Star said Johnson said he was gay to Arizona defensive line coach Vincent M.A. during a recruiting process. Johnson said that May replied, "We want you to be a Wildcat." That, then I'm just Class start, that I'm just going to start that I'm gonna just going to start uh, crying over that one. Uh, he came out when he was 12 years old. And so it, it's stories like this. It's th- these, you know, that athletic director, that um, defensive end line coach, university putting their full support, being like, we don't care. You are a football player. Asterisk, you happen to be gay. 
And again, good home training. Good home training, which is 12 years old. You come out and you have parents that said, be whatever you want to be. And look where he's at. I mean, I just that to me, everybody take a little listen. That's what we're doing around here. That's that's how you act. And that is uh, three slices of America for feel good. Feel good months of the week. We had extra back on the buses. We did. We had a couple buses. We had a busload of junk and a busload of goodness. We had a, 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 a goodness and some junk. We had Carol uh, uh, putting some pants on and drinking some gin Capri Suns, buzzing Which in. might be my new summer cocktail. We had Julie Force uh, at the University of uh, Indiana Woo, being too. so wonderful to me. We have Matt Holiday, the New York Yankee, going two for two. I miss you, Matt. <laughs> we, we have... <laughs> Uh, Aaron pretending that when he's watching the cards, it means something already. Hey. Oh, so many good things. Hey. So many good things. Oh. Um, I'm pretty psyched this week to go deep uh, with these uh, with these conference uh, uh, basketball championships, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm gonna I'm gonna dip my toe into some spring training. I will be doing the same. In cards two weeks, we have World Baseball today. Classic. Would you Sorry say? to interrupt. Cards won both games today. Cards won both games yeah. in the uh, grapefruit, grapefruit T-Ball League. Grapefruit. Hey. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're professionals. Yeah. Uh, do we miss anything? Do we get everything? I feel like we got it all. Like, I mean, and, we kind of nailed it for not. And thank you guys for indulging us in the uh, entertainment Super Bowl in the beginning yeah. of this. Because yeah. it was a big to-do in the in the Hollywood this week. So. It's fun. And it's fun just to go it off good script times. for a little bit during uh, these episodes. Uh, you're in town. Where, where are you? Hollywood I'm Today Hollywood Live? Today Live. So y'all can check your local listings. That's what we're doing over there. Telling some funny jokes. Podcasting is not uh, all that I do. And Aaron, what else are you doing? Uh, tomorrow I fly to Telluride. Colorado, Wednesday, March 1st, 8 p.m., Liberty Bar and Telluride. That is a handful, Colorado. I'm going over uh, my friend's house tonight because she's got 8,000 pieces of ski equipment. Not equipment. I mean, jackets and pants. Um, so I will be getting some jackets and pants from my friend Vicky. Uh, but the show is Wednesday, March 1st. Telluride, and then I think the next week is the, the week of uh, March 21st through like 24th, or give or take those dates. That that Wednesday through Saturday, I will be at the Punchline in San Francisco. So, awesome. Oh, that's huge. Which will be super fun. I've never, I've performed there once, but not had like a week, so I'm super pumped. How are we, we have to go perform somewhere together. And we have to do a double we are, feature. We are going to, we need to do that, and we've got to start planning our live sports without balls. Oh, that's happening somewhere. Well, no, we'll just have to start dropping it like it's hot, like a pop-up shop. Yes, uh, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. We've got to, uh, we've got to keep pushing that. Um, we will read it on air. Sports without balls at Gmail. Send a story. Send us anything you want to listen our to. Instagram sports without balls. Uh, Trish has been posting. Thank God. Uh, and uh, go Cards. Go yeah. Dodgers. Yes, and Dodgers and Yankees and all good Yankee. things. Yay. And my Tampa Bay race from my parents. Uh, <laughs> Sports Without Balls fans, friends, family, have the best week of your life.